Dallas Crackalackin' everybody. Money Smart Guy Matt Zapala here. Hillen here from Dallas, Texas. And we have another episode here, episode 20 of the Millionaire Goals Podcast. Joining me in studio today is my co-host, trainer, my boy from Chi-Town, Milton Alvarez. And special guest today, entrepreneur extraordinaire, model, rocker of the runway, Miss <laughs> Spring Eatman. How you doing, Spring? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for well, having me. You, you, were, you were highly requested by our mentor of ours. So, uh, you know, shout out to PBD, you know me, uh, speed of implementation right away, springs <laughs> at the top of the list. So before we get into our topics today, which is the financial battle of the sexes, which is the power of prayer mm-hmm. as regards to your finances, uh, lessons we can learn from Lady Gaga's $3 million bankruptcy and how to mm-hmm. avoid a huge mistake. Parents, how to view, how to avoid a huge mistake when raising kids. If you want them to be successful, avoid this mistake. Make sure you stay Posted to this podcast, we'll be sharing it here in a second, and uh, we're going to be reacting to some videos here that's online trending right now. But before we get into the show, Spring, tell us about you. Uh, I, I, listen, we've known you for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've known you as extraordinary uh, entrepreneurs. You know, you and your husband, uh, Curtis, said if we hung out in the same city, because at that time you're in California, we're in Chicago. We have so much fun together. Our families have so much fun together. That if we uh, hung up in the same city, we get no work done. <laughs> we just be jamming. <laughs> and by the way, if you want spring to instantly cry, just play some worship music. In the <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Instant spiritual trigger right there. But uh, very true. It's yeah. very true. <laughs> I'm like a church cry baby. I'm like. <laughs> so Spring, tell us real briefly your, your, your background, and I'm going to ask you a question about how you got involved in the insurance business. Okay, okay. yeah. So um, I actually used to work in the corporate world. Before that even, I was uh, in makeup, wardrobe, styling in the tell. industry. No. Yes, I know. It's like, I, I loved it though. It was something I love. I'm, I'm a super creative person. Um, and so having the opportunity to be able to do makeup, wardrobe, and then like meet celebrities and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I loved it. Um, and then I started having a family. And then at the time, my husband was like, okay, enough of that. We need some benefits and yeah. some like steady money in this place. Right? Sure, sure. So uh, I went into corporate America, worked my way up. Mm-hmm. And um, before I was 25, I was actually an executive team for a Fortune yeah. 5, Fortune 50 company. Yeah, and sure. uh, then, you know, life rocked me. <laughs> you know, I was... Uh, Married. I got married really young at 20, 21 years old. I was 20, actually. It was right before my 21st birthday. Um, had I was pregnant at the time. I had a three-year-old. And uh, my first husband actually was in an accident yeah. on his way home from work and passed away. By the way, Spring, before we came to PHP Agency, we saw that video. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a, this is a real company. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with real stories. It's just not a, a business you get involved in. It's just not, you know, nutrition products and, and vitamins and and uh, skincare. This is providing real services and making a profound impact and continuous Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I was in a really dire situation. I had no money. Like most people, they don't have a lot of savings, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And so I ended up having to move out of my house Mm -hmm. and move in with my mom. And we were, you know, living on the air mattress. I gave birth to my daughter, brought her to an air mattress. And it was super devastating. And um, somebody gave me a call and let me know that only three months before he passed away mm-hmm. that my first husband had gotten a life insurance policy. Wow. And so that changed so much for us. 
like it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was enough to really yeah. get us on our feet. Yeah. Um, and so then we were able to buy a little house, pay off debt. I was able to pay for his services. And that really was the first moment that I really saw that I had the luxury to grieve. Yeah. I really had the opportunity to see how I felt about the yeah. situation that I was in and, and being able to really raise my kids and all the things. And so, um, you know, that is what kind of sparked my heart for the industry is being a product of it. Yeah. Um, you know, then down the line, I ended up reconnecting with one of my childhood friends since I was 14. <laughs> and um, we ended up getting married yeah. and we have more kids. So we're at four now, yeah. four kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oh, we started... beautiful kids, man. Oh, beautiful kids. Oh, my <laughs> Thank gosh. You. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I might be a little biased, but I think you can't really be biased if yeah. it's still the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When, when the, 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 the baby was born, you were baby was born. We, she and I, like, no, 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 like, spring, like, downloaded this from like the internet somewhere. <laughs> this cannot be her baby. It was like perfect eyes, wide open, you know. And, and today, look at her, gorgeous. Thank gorgeous you. Little girl. Thank all over, you. all over, daddy. Yes. Oh my gosh, she's the daddy's girl. She's the mama's girl too. She kind of goes back and forth, but yeah. So that that's kind of what got me into this industry. My husband yeah. and I, we started a business, uh, you know, in this industry because we have a heart for people, yeah. and he was really an encourager for me to like tell my story and help people understand the yeah. power of the industry and helping people to have proper protection, etc. Yeah. And I'm just excited because I get to be a, like a boss mom in front of yeah. my kids and yeah. be a model for them. So, Springer, when, when a lot of people that we run, because now we, we do workshops twice a week. I mean, look at our yeah. office now in Dallas. It's crazy. I mean, our office is just jamming. So I mean, crazy. Last night was nuts, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, where are we putting people? <laughs> like, like, Milton, we normally have one workshop room. So here's how our office has grown so far. We had a, wor a workshop room just for for people that had a workshop. We had a boardroom in there and everything, you know, kind of professional looking good. Next, you know, a lot more people started coming out. And by the way, we never advertise our stuff. It's all by word of mouth. Yeah. And next, you know, we're like, we need to get rid of the boardroom in there we need to relocate it so we you know filled them the extra gap with extra chairs next you know a few months later here we are we have two different sections of our office and we have two uh, uh two uh two different people now giving the overview of who we are what we do and what's in it for them we, last night we had close to 100 people and i think the count was like 95 96 uh-huh and that was not even associates yeah this is that people just all... looking to something yeah wow. for something else to do it's amazing um a lot of people say, I'm too young to buy life insurance, or uh, it's, I'll get it when I'm older, or life insurance is just for older people. Mm -hmm. you know, you've got a story now that, that contradicts that misconception. What, what, what do you tell people when they say, I'm too young to buy life insurance, it's not going to happen to me, I'll wait till I'm older, I'll wait to get more money? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's so important for people to really think about what life insurance does. Um, because some people think, oh, I'm too young or whatever, but we don't know the day or the mm -hmm. age. It's like, is it a 50-50 we're going to die one day? It's like, yeah. no, that's 100%. Yeah. And, and can you tell me the age you're going to be? You can't. Yeah. You know, there was no way that we would have expected that my first husband would have passed away at 26 years old. We were not prepared for that. Yeah. You know, and whether you have a family, kids, wife, husband, whatever, or whether you're, you know, just jamming, single, whatever, someone is going to be around if when that happens. And there's going to be devastation that follows that. Yep. So it's important to have that proper protection. And then also, there's just so many misconceptions that people only think about insurance and they think death. But there's also so much advantage to it in the life space as well that you can utilize it for. Yeah. And so it's just smart to have. What was your instant reaction when you got that call and you found out that there was a life insurance policy in force? 
ooh, I could get emotional right now thinking about that call because, um, you know, I had just listened. I heard my daughter telling one of her cousins, you know, when your daddy dies, you have to sleep on the floor at your grandma's house. Mm-hmm. And I just felt pitted as a mother because I, I honestly felt like the wrong parent passed away. I felt like he was more financially savvy. He was more rooted, like grounded. He kind of knew more. And I had a crash course of adulting when he passed away because he kind of took care of everything. And so... How how old are you again? uh, Right. I was 24 when he passed away. Wow. Young 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And so... um, I, I, I had that that issue of feeling like I cannot even take care of them, uh, you know, and then hearing that pitted me. And so once I got that call, it really gave me a sigh of relief. It helped me remind it reminded me that, you know, because I'm, I'm a believer and I be- believe in God. And sometimes mm-hmm. we think that just because we're believers that we're not going to ever go through anything. But it, it helped me to realize that it's not that we're not going to go through anything, but I'm always going to get the best case of yep. even my worst case scenarios with God in the mix. He's always going to help me through that. And I felt like it was just like a like a war cry of like, I've got you, yeah. you know, and and it, it gave me a little bit of a security blanket to know I had the time, the space to get my feet under me and mm-hmm. to really be able to do the emotional work that I needed to do to mm-hmm. make sure that I wasn't going to be raising children that were, you know, daddy issues and growing up with uh, feeling like something's missing mm-hmm. in them because I can only produce what I am. And I, if I'm broken, I'm going to produce broken children. Yeah. And so that was something that was very important to me. And that that money, that call that they gave me, it gave me that space of, okay, now I get to actually go on a healing journey wow. for myself and for my kids. Wow. It, how do you feel when, because oftentimes people say, well, I don't need life insurance. And sadly, they pass away without life insurance. And right. then what pops up online? Go GoFundMe, all the chicken dinners and the car washes. Car washes. And, and, and big, what goes through your head when somebody could have gotten it but didn't? It breaks my heart, honestly. It breaks my heart because um, I know where I was and I know that there was no end in sight yep. of that situation. So my heart bleeds for them because I know how that feels to yep. be in that situation. Um, you know, and, and it just gives me more of a... Uh, drive to want to go out there and share that message of how important it is to have proper protection and and really cover your family because it's just the responsible thing to do. And I think there's a lot of other things that are like glitz and glamour and it's like, oh, well, if you have extra money, start this or do that. Or, you know, you got to go buy the latest car or the outfit or whatever. But it's like, no, we got to take care of home first. Um, and, and make sure that we're taking care of the next generation because what people fail to realize is like we look at our communities and our families and we think, man, you know, I wish my parents would have had more. I wish my family, my community would have had more. Yeah. But it's like that is the fastest way to yeah. influx cash flow and to influx millions of dollars into a generation. The next generation is yeah. through pennies and dollars through mm-hmm. insurance, yeah. you know, and so it's like you you're able to elevate your community through it as well. So Milton, you got a policy. You're single. You're young. Why'd you get a policy for, man? Extra, is it extra money? What, extra. What, what was your feelings of getting it? Because you're around us all the time. You're training us. You got your people's elbow in her back somewhere to loosen up the <laughs> loosen up the knots and tight tight back muscles. 
I think the biggest push for me was when my father passed away in 2016. And when he passed away, there was nothing left behind and all of his debt poured onto his children. Mm-hmm. And we were nickel and diming everywhere just to be able to get the enough enough money to be able to pay for his funeral. Which then again, funerals are anywhere between twelve to about seventeen thousand dollars just for it's not cheap. It's not cheap at all to bury to, to bury someone who's no longer gonna be around. So I think that that burden that was left behind kind of instilled this chip in me to you know at least prepare for the long run. And whenever I do end up having a family, you know, whenever the time may be. Can be in a position where I'm, I'm prepared and they're in a good place. And also, if something were to happen to me now, because you know I travel a lot, I'm around different people, and you just never know. You well, just well, you're, you help with your mom. Yeah, exactly. You just you just never know, right? You just never know. I, we can leave this podcast studio today. I can get into a car accident and done. And I want to make sure that my mother and my family back in Chicago are taken care of even after I'm gone. Yeah. See, that, see, that's what a lot of people in the young twenties don't get. Something later on in my life, somebody. I mean, you just never. So right now, if you're watching this Millionaire yeah. Goals podcast, you have two examples of here of. People fairly young in their lives mm-hmm. have financial tragedy happen in their life, and because of the power of insurance, a lot of it, or without the power of insurance, two different scenarios and two, two different realities uh, have occurred. You choose which one you want to have occur Absolutely. in your life. Uh, one last thing before we go to these videos of spring. There's, uh, last month was Financial Literacy Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month is Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Go support your local Pan Express. But... Uh, <laughs> What what would you say to women out there who are looking for another career and something that they want more time with their children? They can work from home if they want to. They can work from their pool like you have in your backyard if they want to. They can work <laughs> at, you know, they have a freedom, you know, do business all over there without being tied to a brick and mortar location, even though we have a brick and mortar location, but not necessarily required to be tied to it. Mm-hmm. What do you say to, to, to women out there considering something else and why the insurance industry? Honestly, I think that the insurance industry is the most powerful thing. Like, it's not—it's—it's it's coming around, but it's—it's it's not always seen as the most sexy in an industry. So people look at other things because, like, glitz and glamour and all these mm-hmm. other things. But it's in insurance and finance. It's literally the largest industry that there is. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, if you look it up, it creates the most millionaires. There's independence there. You're able to create your own schedule, have flexibility of time, and you're able to make the most impact. And so I think that, especially as women, if you're talking about women, for me, you know, women, we're, we're born nurturers. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to help people. And this is one of the best ways to be able to do that, help people financially, help people with building a, a foundation for their, their future, for mm-hmm. their future generations, all these things. It's, it's so, such a big deal. And you can make such a great living doing it. And, and I always say that in this industry, you know, may, having a great lifestyle, making a lot of money, it's a byproduct of what we do, but it's not a bad byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are now here relocated to Dallas. You got your own house. You, you guys, you know, listen, and, and uh, uh, if you saw uh, Curtis's birthday, you know, Spring's a very good shopper, yeah. you know? She, she likes shopping in this place called Mr. Rolex. Not the Folex, man. It's the Rolex. <laughs> and we're like, yo, Curtis, what amazing wife you have. You know, I just had to get him a Deborah Ranch. No? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's 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 talk about that. Um, you know, we were talking about certain people entering your life. Um, there's a reaction video here, like like a sad reality is people get to where they want to go in their life, or not get to where they want in life because of the wrong people in their life. Mm-hmm. And this reaction video is about the video we're about to react to is talk about when God wants to bless you, He'll send the right people in your life. Let's check this. Let's check this out. When God wants to bless you, how does he do it? He sends people into your life. 
And when the devil wants to distract you or destroy you, how does he do it? He sends people into your life. So if people come into our life are either a blessing or a curse, it's up to us to be able to decipher, is this relationship going to benefit me and push me towards what God has for me? Or is this relationship going to subtract from me and take away from what God has for me? And, and I, I thought about it like this. Um, there may be relationships that you have that are liabilities and not assets. And some of us don't understand those terms, but, but let me just explain it like this. Liabilities take from you. Assets give to you. What are the relationships in your life that are taking from you right now? So I've got five Bible verses about choosing the right people in your life. Number one, in Corinthians, we all know this one. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And by the way, after I share these verses, I want you, I want you guys to two cents on this too as well. Number two, by now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slander, a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with these people. That's in 1 Corinthians. Walk with the wise and become wise. It's Proverbs 13, 20. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Again, back in Proverbs. Like a muddied spring or polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Again, that's in Proverbs. Proverbs written by the wisest and richest king who ever lived, King Solomon. What are your thoughts on guiding the right people in and out of your life? Spring, spring? Well, to me, I would say that this is, this is one of the most important things to understand in your mindset and growth in, in anything you want to do in your life is understanding the people that you have around you. Um, and sometimes when we have a family and friends that we grew up with, sometimes it's hard for us That's to decipher yeah. if those people in our life, we don't want to even put them on the check balance of if they're a liability or if they're an yeah. asset because we love them so much. But sometimes it, it's it, we have to really take a look at that and see, you know, whose voice am I listening to? What is feeding me? Because who, the way that you think, you know, is 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 who you are. You know, in the Bible, it also says, so a man thinking in his heart, so is he, right? right? So the way that you think is the way that you are. And the people that are around you are the ones that put the deposits into you and yep. teach you how to think. So I think it's so important to take that inventory about the people who are around you, the people who you're allowing to pour into you. And, and it's just kind of like that birds of a feather thing. It's like you look around and you see the people that are in your life and are they doing, are they where you want to be in your life? And if they're not, then you have to push yourself to grow. And, and the people that, that, that God sends in your life for growth, for you change, they're not usually going to be people that are always comfortable to be around. That's, that's the hardest part. Exactly. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're like this guy. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, gosh, I run from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like when, Mil when Milton's got us in the gym, like, bro, what do you want me to do? <laughs> but, you know, you, you next, you know but, but I love what he says. You're going to love the results. That's true. You know, you go through the pain route. You're gonna. I promise you're gonna love how you feel. You're gonna love. Yeah. You're gonna love the results. Milton, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Milton, he asking you questions. Stop looking over here. No. <laughs> that's that's why I think uh, associations associations are very 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 important because you're raised a certain type of way. You're around certain people your entire life, and if you mm -hmm. grow up in a household where it's on some level of, of toxic or very 
hindering when it comes down to vision, when it comes down to, you know, imagination and wanting to do more for yourself, a lot of people will keep you in that position. So now you go out your entire adolescence into the into your young adulthood, into adulthood with this same psychology that you were instilled in from, uh, since you were a little kid. So now you're brought around other groups of people who are challenging you to do more, who are pushing you forward to grow, to level up. And those are the kind of people that you run from. Those are the kind of people that you don't want to be around because they make you uncomfortable. Right. So it's your job as an, as an adult to be able to take inventory of your own personal life. Yep. Do I like who I've become up to this point? Do I like what I have? Do I like how life is looking? And if you don't, what specific things do you need to change? And what thought process, what, 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 yeah, what thoughts in your head do you need to be able to shift from? So that way you can take yourself away from how you were raised, how you were brought up, and then putting yourself in position to what's going to actually lead you to the next step in life on where you actually want to be and where God has has you destined to go to. Yeah. Listen, uh, I've been an entrepreneur now for 24 years. I've made more money with strangers than I ever had with family and friends. Well you've, got a, you've got a family of origin, then you've got a family of choice. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you got to cut loose of your family of origin, love on them, do what you got to do. But if it comes to your entrepreneurial dreams and goals and desires... They may not be the ones that elevate you to the next level. They got you here. Great. But it might be another person. It might be a coach. It might be a mentor. It might be a pastor. It might be an entrepreneur in the community that's going to elevate you in other areas that may conflict, be uncomfortable for you to go, get, to go against what your family has always told you about, whether it's prayer or money or mm-hmm. success in your career or business. Uh, we often hear a lot of stereotypes that we don't realize are stereotypes until we have a contrasting point to have us challenge those Stereotypes. So if you want a better life, have an assessment and inventory of who you have in your life. Um, Speaking of people in their life, this next reaction video is on Rihanna and Michael Jordan. And what do they have in common? Let's take a look at this. Rihanna is rich as It's actually not her music at all. This lady knows how to structure a deal. 2017, Fenty Beauty launches. It's now worth $2.8 billion. Rihanna's stake by itself is worth $1.4 billion, $550 million in sales in year one, and doubled in revenue in 2022. She chose to go with LVMH in their incubator. Because LVMH also owns Sephora, she immediately had distribution Distribution. in hundreds if not thousands of stores. LVMH paid Rihanna 10 mil to do the deal, and she owns 50% of the company overall. Nearly 80% of Rihanna's $1.8 billion in net worth is from this single deal. My friend Alex Lieberman did this incredible comparison with Michael Jordan to show you just how smart Rihanna really is. Since 1984, Michael Jordan has pocketed 5% of all Jordan's sales. In 2022, Jordan did $5.1 billion in revenue, earning him $256.1 million. But imagine if he had Rihanna's take. This would be worth tens of billions of dollars. You know the word, equity. Here's three things I get from this. Number one, there's short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. Number two, there's the real top G, which is not Michael Jordan. It's his mother, Dolores Jordan. And number three, killers in their own industry. They're not just some scrub athletes. They're not just some scrub artists. No, they're killers in their industry. So what do I mean by short-term versus long-term? The short-term deal was, you know what? Let me not think about equity. Let me think about ownership because that's for the big boys, right? right? That's for the people that own this stuff. But let me maximize my contract with them and let me get as much upfront money and hopefully it'll last. Let me get a big salary and that's it. So we've, we've seen that in our careers. Starting mm-hmm. on business, your short-term setback was leaving training for a gym mm-hmm. versus venturing off on your own. And spring, you see this on a daily basis as you're building, recruiting, 
your organization looking for talent to take your business to the next level. What's your thoughts on short-term versus long-term thinking as it relates to what we just saw there with Rihanna and MJ? Well, first, before I answer your question, I I agree. Rihanna's the GOAT for this, <laughs> right? It's like that Beyonce, pay me in equity, right? Mm. <laughs> but Jordan was also like groundbreaking for the way that he even requested that That's because right. at that time, nobody right. was doing that doing at all. You know, no. that was not even yeah. like, like heard of, you no. know, so good for him still. Like he created a model for a Rihanna to be able, he paid the way. To have a way. customized shoe built around the athlete. And to have a percentage of it. Yeah. That was not, not in the conversation at all. So yeah. he changed the way that shoe deals forever came. So I have to give that up for him, right? Because he's still the GOAT. I got to say that. But <laughs> So actually, but I, 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 would, I would say Spring, his mother was the GOAT. Yeah, you're right. You're because, right. Because uh, if it wasn't for his mom to even bring it up. Yeah. Because she was like, if you watch the movie Air, we, un we unpack the movie Air, right? Mm -hmm. The real salesperson in that whole movie his mom. was his mom. That's right. Yes. She was like always Shout doing Shout out to mama's man. Her, tech her technique was a takeaway. Yeah. Hey, listen, you got to work. Hey, hey, Sonny, Nike, you guys got to work for my son. Mm -hmm. He's about to work for Converse. He's about to sign with Adidas. Yeah. He's listening to all the Adidas. Work for it, but I'll, I'll listen to you. So she was a great salesperson. But Michael Jordan signed this deal, and she opened up a multi-billion dollar industry for athletes right after that. Yeah. And so other guys signed deals, but nothing to the point where create a multi-billion dollar deal. Now, I will say, though, Michael Jordan is the goal because if Michael Jordan was just an average player, Air Jordan would be nothing. Exactly. You know, he said something during the, the last, docu last documentary. He says, the biggest thing I did in terms of that shoe deal was me on that court. Yes. Because if I don't perform on the court, this deal doesn't... I mean, he, they, they thought he was going to sell $3 million of shoes at best. <laughs> they ended up selling his rookie year $126 million of shoes. Right. <laughs> People were blown away. Yeah. What? What is this guy doing his rookie year? Continue. Yes. No. Yeah. So that and that that's amazing. And you, and I love that that's the part that you talked about too is yeah. like the fact that he had to lead yeah. in his position to be able to get there yeah. to to make it whatever it was. The yeah. the contract was the contract, but it had no value. And that leads me to the conversation of the small thinking and versus big mm. thinking is because um, sometimes I think that like small thinkers they will forfeit their future for what's comfortable today. Yeah. They'll forfeit what can happen for them long-term because they're so like, especially in today's like microwave society of yeah. social media yeah. and all these things and everything is very instant gratification. Yep. And it's like, oh, I started my business. I'm not a millionaire, a billionaire. Mm -hmm. In the first three months, I'm ditching it. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas yeah. you have to understand the leading, the work that it takes, the things that you have to do, the inward work. Right. Like you talked yeah. about the inward work yeah. that you have to do to be able to uh, get that outward result. And so, um, you know, having a, a big thinking is usually always a little bit more long term. Milton, your thoughts on this? Uh, picking up back on what she said, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that long-term thinking is very vision driven mm -hmm. being able to see the end and uh, the end in mind being able to see the end and then starting from there and then coming back to the beginning and start from that specific point yeah. a lot of people don't want to put in the work in order to be able to get to that bigger vision of what they want i'll be honest with you when i first started my business i just said you know what i want to make x amount of money i want to make enough to pay off my bills save a little money and i just want to train and i'm done that's it i just i want to be comfortable I don't care about doing anything big. I don't care about going places. I don't care about anything. I just want to pay my bills. But I felt such a void inside because I know there was something more 
for me to be able to do to be able to impact people. I think it, more than just being able to make money, whatever we do in life, whether it's in, in life insurance industry, fitness industry, medical industry, whatever the case may be, I think that people are put here to be able to do something grander. And mm-hmm. I think I, I feel like you're you're selling yourself short by st- sticking to the short thinking concept and just literally nesting there versus allowing yourself to be uncomfortable, putting yourself in situations, in environments around people who are forcing you to become a long, you know, a long-term thinker, which that within itself isn't only going to be centered around you, but it's going to be centered around helping other people. And I think the whole purpose of us is to be able to help other people versus being able to just help ourselves. Right. Yeah. Can I piggyback on yeah. that really quick? Yeah. Um, because you may, you sparked a thought for myself, and it may sound a little contradictory to what I originally said, um, which is thinking big. But sometimes I think that when we think so big, we paralyze ourselves into not doing anything. So like paralysis by analysis. Exactly. Because it's totally, never so, get there. Yeah. so I think there's just another caveat to that, which is think big, act small. So it's like you got to think big, but you got to take one step first. You know, it's like you look at the mountain and you're like, I got to get up there. But it's like you got to take a small step first to be able to get to the bigger achievements. So if you're able to to take a lot of small steps forward, then but you keep your big vision in sight, then that's where you get where you're trying to go. Chop this tree. One swing at a time. Exactly. Yep. You no, know, and what do we say in business? If you guys want this big goal, everybody's do, got to do their part in their small goals along along the way. Exactly. That's uh, that's uh, you know I I love this with uh, with with his mom, the relationship he has with his mom, mm-hmm. and how she really had vision in doing this. So again, make sure you're around big thinkers. <laughs> uh, the, the reason why I'm at or I'm at my life is because I stand on the shoulders of giants. When you when you have a CEO named Padre David and he constantly pushes you and challenges you and recreates you and has you has has you think differently. I mean, how many times has PBD mentioned something? You're like, oh, it's right there. I didn't think about it. Yeah. Right. All, all the time. Yeah. It's like it's like right there. Literally. Um, and so one of the areas that he's a big fan of is capitalism, mm-hmm. not socialism. What's the difference? Let's take a look at what's going on in America today. Tucker Carlson here had a quick piece on socialism. Let's take a look at this. If you wake up in the morning and you find yourself in a society where 23-year-olds with four-year college degrees and, like, initiative who aren't smoking weed every day, if they can't make enough to buy a car, much less a home, much less get married, much less have children, then why should you be surprised when half of them say they prefer socialism? So when you're looking at uh, these areas of socialism versus capitalism, obviously... Number one, if you're talking about kids going to college, well, I believe number one, first and foremost, I'm very biased here, but I don't have a college degree. My kids don't have a college degree. And I, I'm looking at college right now, and I think college is one of the biggest scams <laughs> going on right now in America. Here's why. Here's three reasons why. Number one, an 18-year-old with a great business plan has a proof of concept that can show he can sell his product or service, goes to a bank and applies for a business loan to fund and finance this profitable idea will be turned down versus a kid that goes to the same bank, says, I want to go to college for four years. No problem. How are you going to pay it back? Hopefully you have a job in four years. No problem. Approved 100 grand. Versus a kid getting turned down for the same business idea. Number two, the tax-free status of everything on college campuses, ticket sales, jersey sales, book sales, anything that you sell, no sales tax. Everything's tax-free. Concessions, everything's tax-free on a nonprofit campus. And the third, uh, third thing, let me unpack this even further. Harvard 
has a $50 billion endowment, largest endowment in American Eddy College. And did, I did the math here. If Harvard stopped earning interest on their $50 billion endowment, and they're paying for every college kid coming through Harvard, uh, the $312,000 for a four-year degree to go through Harvard. Think of that. You go to Harvard, $312,000 for four years. If they just stopped earning interest and paid for $1,000, which is the average class uh, graduation per year, was 1,665 students. To pay for these 1,600 students, $312,000 per year for a four-year college degree, they can pay every student tuition of 1,665 students for 96 years while earning another dime. Hmm. So that's a scam. Yeah. Why are you why are you hoarding? What's fifty billion dollars in an endowment fund for? So when you when you're looking at the the college you know, expectation, that's a scam in itself. So I would add to this the breakdown of the family, mom and dad, because there's not entrepreneurship or capitalism promoted in the family. Nobody's in business for themselves. We got to get more people being business for themselves so they can see the different side of this. Because number three, capitalism is the way all of us here at this table. Has, has allowed our families to live a better life through the system called economic mobility. To go from broke to busted, poor to having money. From, from having no awareness about finances, not to teaching finances, and now you're being able to bless not only other people, but also bless your own family. What's your thoughts on what Tucker Carlson here said about colleges and socialism? Man, I, I think this is a very, very, like, I love all the points that you just brought up. And I think that's a big deal, what he was saying, because, um, you know, it's like, how can we expect for people to, uh, you know, want more, like, wh how would we not think that they would believe in socialism uh, when we're in these situations? Uh, you're right about college. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate. I don't have a college degree. Mm. Um, I've got the sweat equity of, like, working <laughs> my way up, you know, yeah. the, the ladder. And, so all and, three of us here, no college degree. Yeah. All entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. All in six-figure plus income, seven-figure plus income. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. So, um, what a podcast to watch. Today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuses yeah. watching this right. podcast. It don't matter the color of your skin, how you grew up, yeah. uh, uh, what mommy and dad did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse right in this podcast. Zero. Exactly. I think, um, but as far as capitalism is, I think it's a very important concept. Um, I think that it's kind of been trashed and, and people don't understand like the importance of having that the understanding of having it in our community, especially like for me specifically speaking into like the black community, I can't speak for everybody in the black community, but I do believe that this is a concept that we don't usually get, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not, um, you know, we're taking hold of so many systems and things like that, which are great to help you get on your feet, but having control of our own future, like, I don't think people understand the importance of that. How powerful that How is. How powerful it is. Yeah, because when you, have, in the socialistic society, then you have no control. I always want to have control. If I'm broke, I want to be able to say it's because of this. These two hands right here that yeah. could have done more. Yep. And if I and I want to be able to teach my kids not to lean on other people and other things, but that they can do, they can have whatever they want in their life based off of what they're willing to go do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, you know, you look at people who are in, you know, coming out of prison reform, people who, you know, and there's a lot of stories of people who like the society wouldn't give a chance. Mm -hmm. But through capitalism, they were 
able to go make themselves a multimillionaire or whatever. So, um, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of conversation that needs to be had here for educational purposes. Um, But I do agree with what he's saying that like the way that our country is is moving. There's no reason why people wouldn't be leaning more into that. And I think it also has to do with especially when you're thinking about the millennials and things like that, where the where the economy was when we entered into the workforce, uh, you know, that we kind of had a lower leg than yeah. a lot of people. You might have had that still for same four year degree. You yeah. still have to pay that same money back mm-hmm. into the degree. Yeah. But, you know, because we were coming out of a recession, there wasn't as much pay for jobs, yeah. uh, you know, and then as as the millennials started to grow and increase uh, in in the workforce. Yeah. Then we have another economic downturn situation here, which kind of puts more setbacks and in income. You know, whereas if you look at like Generation X, for example, they when they enter the workforce, you know, people are getting paid so much more for their jobs and things like that in those different positions. Um, And so I think for some millennials, I think we get caught up in this space of like leaning more into socialism because there's it doesn't feel like there's always a lot of opportunity financially to get ahead and so it's it's kind of like that cushy place to like fall back plus on. the colleges are indoctrinating this stuff too as well exactly they're 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 uh they're indoctrinating just lean because what does capitalism force you to do it forces you to take ownership of your situation exactly it forces you to improve mm-hmm. but by the way those are not bad things to do right if you improve you take ownership of your situation your life starts to change however once you have the title the entitlement or expectation attitude that somebody else is supposed to take care of you, and then you let down, you're disappointed, then you're mad. You know, so, somebody asked me, hey, hey, man, how do you describe capitalism to your, to your kids? Well, I said, kids, ma- imagine in a classroom, you study hard for your test, you got an A, but, you know, little Matt is in the classroom. He didn't study. So the teacher asked, hey, we have to help out little Matt. So what did all the kids do? They said, reduce your A down to a C to raise little Matt's F to a C. Mm-hmm. Okay? What, what, what happens to the kid that studied for this? What do you mean? I studied for this. Why do we got to go from an A to a C? We got to help little Matt because he didn't study. He didn't do his part. Because he didn't do his part, we all have to help him. Mm-hmm. Second time it goes around. Let's take a test. How motivated are not the students that got an A previously? How motivated are they to study for the exam? They're not. So guess what happens the second time around? They probably get a C. What's the point of getting an A? Because it's going to get lowered down to a C anyway. But guess what little Matt does? I'm not studying. I'm still not studying. Right. So little Matt get, uh, says, hey, help me out. So everybody C, chip in. Everybody C lowers to a D. They raise the F to a D. Third time around. How, how motivated are people now to study for the test? Zero. Everybody gets an F. Third go around, everybody's failing that class. Because there's no incentive for the players in that mix to want to succeed. We are wired to hunt. We are wired to farm. We are wired to put work in and say, you know what? If I put the work in, I should receive the reward, the, the harvest. I should be able to get it. And for somebody else to take it, that's robbery. And that's what socialism is teaching a lot of people, that if you don't have to work, it's okay. We'll just take it from the rich people. We'll just, just like right now with the, the mortgage interest rates. Mm-hmm. That's a socialist move by Biden. says, listen, let's, let's raise the interest rates for the people that have got good credit, that have a down payment, because they're financially responsible, and lower the interest rates for those that haven't been so financially responsible and lower credit, and let's reward them for their mediocrity. What society do you want? Do you want society? Does, does Rihanna and Michael Jordan ever exist in a socialistic economy? No. There's no incentive. And that billion-dollar industry would never. Dreams and goals of future athletes would be nothing because there's nothing to fight for and earn. Let's, let's go to, uh, let's go to um, speaking of uh, 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 Rihanna and MJ, Battle of the Sexes. Mm-hmm. There's 10 ways, in the, according to this article, 10 different ways men handle money 
differently than women. I'll share five of them. Number one is owning versus renting a home. Number two is cars. Number three is entertainment. Number four is healthcare. Number five is personal care. Because according to this article, um, can we uh, go to my screen here, um, uh, Jordan? All right. Men shop to treat themselves just as much as women and spend more doing it. So, Spring, we got to know, uh, right? <laughs> I, know, I know how my wife treats money. I know how I treat money. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the differences of how men and women treat money? So I think that it's so funny because there is this misconception, I think, of that women are the ones who always spend all the money and men, they, they never spend money. And, you know, that women are only the shoppers and the shoes and this yeah. and that. And it's so funny because, like, at my house, we're equal, baby, okay? Like, you've got just as many clothes and shoes as I do. I'm always trying to kick him out of the closet. Like, can't you go down the hall? And he's like, where am I putting all my stuff? I'm like, you're right, okay. Um, but I think it's funny because um, uh, the way that our society has evolved, um, men, I think they we were kind of raising men to be in this box of, you know, like a macho man. You only are able to have interest in tools, in, uh, you know, in, in you know, lawnmowers, in trucks. You know, cert trucks, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because as I started to, uh -huh. to grow up in the millennial generation, we started to hear this word metrosexual coming up, right? Where it's like, oh, he's metro, he's metro. And it was like a bad thing for a little while, like yeah. certain guys. And it's just that they have more interest. But I think the more work that we do with uh, mental health and all this stuff, even social media, mm -hmm. there's more information yeah. that men are getting about self-care and about being able to pay attention to the things that drive you and the things that you care about. And it's not just about going out and being the breadwinner and then not having anything for yourself at the end. Um, and so I think men are starting to realize how self-care is for them and wanting to be able to have more experiences and shop and do some splurge, do something nice for themselves, just like women. Whereas women, we all were always raised to like, yeah. think about, you know, do something nice for yourself, you know? <laughs> so, so Milton, I got a question to ask you. Who do you think has a house early in their life? More women or more men? Men. Eh. Really? I men rent, me. women own. 55% of single women in, in this survey were homeowners compared to 46% of single men. All right, transportation. Who spends more money on transportation, women or men? Men. Of course, naturally. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> we got to get yeah. the car because, you know, she's going to like the fancy car. Exactly. Right? You're going to pull up in a hoop. Now, you pull up, you pull up, you know, you pull up in a car, you think that your car is going to impress her. Now, she's hot, and she pulls up in a hoopty. What are you thinking? Mm. <laughs> I got I, I got I got upgrade her I got upgrade her life. Yeah. Spring, if it wasn't for women, men would be walking around naked driving trucks. One thousand percent. I agree with that, with that statement. 100%. Okay. We would have no need for damn Corvettes, Ferraris, Lamborghinis if it wasn't for women. Okay. Entertainment. Who do you think spends more money in entertainment? Men. Naturally. Why? Naturally. Why? Because yeah. it was time to go out. Who's paid for the date? Men. Mm -hmm. Every single time. It's an expectation nowadays. Um, oh, but, okay, what about healthcare? Who spends more money on healthcare? Definitely women. For sure. Yeah. Slam dunk. Easy. Definitely. Slam. By the way, it's, it's pretty significant. Another uh, $1,000, $2,000 more for healthcare women spend than men. When, when do men go to the doctor? When, some, when something's so, falling off. That's right. <laughs> when she hits the fan. 
<laughs> Otherwise, put some glue on it, right? So put, throw some dirt on it and put some duct tape, right? I think I fall, I think I fall into the category that uh, uh, Spring was talking about. You know, we're raised to be like these machista dudes with like, you know, minimal yeah. attention to ourselves. That, that's all I saw with my father growing up. Mm-hmm. My dad, this guy probably had maybe like four pairs of pants. Maybe he had maybe a couple of t-shirts, maybe like two polos, and maybe like four pairs of shoes, and that's it. He survived off of that for years. Mm-hmm. I saw him wear a shirt in like 2001 at a mm-hmm. home, in a home video that we made. You know, back then we had camcorders. Yeah. He had a home. Uh, he had a home. Uh, in one of those home uh, videos, he was wearing this button-up, blue button-up with a white stripe across his chest, and that's like 2001, 2002. And then 28, 20, 2015 comes around. This guy's wearing the same exact polo from like the early 2000s, and I feel even though I, I don't like to think I do, I I feel like I adopted that. Because yeah. you you will yeah. see me with very bare minimum when it comes down to when it when it comes down to shopping for myself bare minimum yeah because because you know Completely. sometimes they care militant hey bro here's some shoes here's some new you know it comes the same freaking shoes and same damn black pants <laughs> black, I'm like bro it's the same shit I'm same not saying thing. anything because I'm used to it already same thing I mean I I don't I don't feel like I have anything to, anyone to impress personally I mean, okay you think women spend more money on personal care or men. Women. women. Yeah. 1,000%. So yeah. more women spend more money on their bodies in the personal care and health care. Hey, Jordan, can you get the camera on me? Do you see these bags? Like I, <laughs> this is not personal care at all. Like I need personal care. This is not personal care well, at what all. What about that two, tattoo on your lower back? What, what, what happened? Tramp stamp? <laughs> I don't have a tramp stamp, folks. <laughs> I don't have a tramp stamp. Show us. Show us, bro. <laughs> Zod, Millionaire Goals Podcast. We want to see. How many guys want to see Milton's lower back? That is <laughs> rough. that he doesn't have a tramp stamp. That's rough. Let us Maybe know in next the when, when the ladies aren't here. Okay, who spends no. more money on personal insurance and pension? Men. Women, I think. No? Single men were the biggest spenders on pensions, life insurance, and personal insurance policies. That actually makes sense. Okay. Uh, savings. Who are the big, who's the biggest saver, women or men? Men. Because they, ha- they tend to make more money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number nine, feelings about finances. Do men feel better about their finances or women feel more better about their finances? Men. Especially single it's actually, men. It's actually, it's actually women. Really? Cause, really? Because what happens when, when men get money? We do dumb shit with money, don't we? <laughs> like tra- like uh, fly women out from, from across country? <laughs> I, mean, bro, speak. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. <laughs> it's not my personal experience, bro. I was just that talking was... about I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Okay, I got you. So like, for example, we'll buy like a $500 Xbox. For no reason. Mm. We'll, we'll do, Play one, are women naturally wanting to buy a video game set? No. No. Now, now they'll buy maybe a $500 blow dryer. Yes, right? Dyson. Right? Shout out. <laughs> uh, uh, MUA kit. I, I go to my house. Every time I travel with my wife, we go to, like, for example, train a trainer. Or any, like, we'll go, we're going to Bahamas, all this stuff, right? Yeah. We go to a hotel. She puts all her stuff in a sink. Right? I said, can I put skin my toothbrush somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makeup's expensive and skincare. All these bottles, mm. irons, blow dryers, all at the same time. Uh, okay, investing. Um, do more women feel more calm about their investing or more men? Probably men. Women's investments have outperformed their male counterpoints by 40 basis points, according to Fidelity Investments. Recently. Yeah. So women are kicking men's butts when it comes to savings and investments. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? It's thanks to women like you, Spring, because you're getting involved in the financial services world. Mm -hmm. You're helping ladies uh, with their savings, their income, their their, uh, way to plan for their financial future. And that's why a lot of more women today, and by the way, a lot more women today will prefer to talk to more women, women. than they will talk to a man. Now, did you know, speaking of women, did you know Lady Gaga was $3 million in debt Oof. and filed bankruptcy uh, during her, um, what, was, what was that tour called? Monster Ball Tour. 
Here now, here's our fi- here's five things you can learn from this experience. Number one, control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Number two, know your financial picture, income versus expenses. Number three, and the people that's helping you with it. Number three, keep moving. Number four, don't do it for the money. Number five, constantly reinvesting into her brand. So um, let's take a look at this uh, uh, article here. If we can go to my screen, 13-time Grammy winner Lady Gaga. Uh, here, oops. Okay, let me go to another article here. Uh, let's go to that's that's not that's not pulling up. Um, go back down here. Let me go to here. All right, here we go. So Lady Gaga has won a host of awards, um, et cetera, et cetera. But during her tour in 2008, uh, she was on uh, she was on the Monster Ball tour from 2009 to 2011, and they extended that tour. And then towards the end of the tour, she found out everybody saying, "Hey, you know, got no money. You got no money. What are you talking about? I have." She goes, "I have five number one singles." But yeah, but you're $3 million, $3 million in debt. And so she was surprised that after all this work, she had nothing to show for after the entire tour. Imagine working for those two years, those three years, and you're bankrupt. It's rough. I mean, what's going through, Spring, what's going through a person's mind? Put yourself in, in, in Lady Gaga's shoes. You're busting your tail for two and a half. You're paying everybody, venues, dancers, musicians, AV personnel, by you know it's when we spend on AV, even our own events. Yeah. You spend all this money outflow, fans loving you. You look at two, three years into your tour, got nothing to show for it, and yet they want you to extend. Yeah. What do you think is going, what, what do you think is going through your mind? Well, first of all, I'll be ready to take off my earrings. <laughs> I, need, I need to fight somebody. Somebody got my money. No. That's right. <laughs> Hello. But, no, it would be like that. That's that's extreme. I feel like um, that is an area, though, where sometimes when we're I think men do it, too. But I think women tend to do this a little bit more is trusting other people to take care of things Mm. uh, instead of making sure that you have your finger on every step of what's happening. Mm. Right. Especially in business, you know. And so this is her business. Right. And and so she was trusting too trusting and not really watching the needle of what was happening with her finances. And so that's that's extreme that you don't even catch it until you're three million in debt yeah, yeah like and i'm sure that can happen very quickly when yeah. you're putting on shows the scale yeah. that she did but there was there should have been some budgeting conversations way in advance before yeah. we're just buying things and 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 you know yeah. putting the money out so um i'm sure that she felt like her butt was on fire yeah um but you know good for her she did what she had to do she kept work kept at it but this is why it's so important to love what you do, though, because even as business owners, there will be things that happen sometimes where you're not going to make the mark that you expected to make or, yep. you know, finance is not going to be exactly where you wanted it to be, especially in the beginning. Yep. Uh, and so this is why you have to love what you do. And that's what I love what she said, that it was like it wasn't necessarily about the money. It was about the passion yep. for why she was doing it so that she was able to continue to do the things that were going to bring the income back in. And now she learned a valuable lesson to keep her, you know, her finger on the pulse of the finances. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're going through rough times, you've been through rough times. You got to be able to control what you can control. Yeah. That's where faith kicks in. Yeah. So whatever you can control, figure that stuff and focus in on that. You can't be held anxious or depressed about what you can't control. Right. Number two, know your financial picture. There's income coming in and expenses going out. You know, we've done events before. You've done birthday parties. Let's say a birthday party. And they say, hey, can we get extra pizza? It wasn't part of the budget. <laughs> you know, I yeah. need this. I need these extra mics. It wasn't part. So that stuff, 
can add up. So somebody needs to monitor this stuff at all times. We gotta mm -hmm. uh, have a, a system for you can track for you can track your expenses. Exactly. Number three, you gotta keep moving. She said, you know what, Oma, woe was me, mom, dad, woe was me. She didn't say none of that. She said, let's keep going, let's keep grinding. Yep. Let's make more money. That's what, you, what you, that's what you can't control. Number four, she's not doing for the money. Your point. Uh, and she's not working for the money. She's working on and in purpose. Mm -hmm. she's, she's all about the enjoyment of her process of being a musician, which leads right. me to my fifth point, which is constantly revisiting and re investing into her brand. She just kept, she kept pouring money into her brand, she's building it, building it. Sometimes people as entrepreneurs, they live off their success too soon. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, there's investments to do things. They can't take advantage of the, of the plays. They can't make power moves because... Those little moves that you don't think adds up, adds up towards, towards the end. Milton. So my question to both of you uh, in this situation, what about for the people who aren't as passionate about their careers, their jobs, or what they do for a living? They just do what they do, just be able to make some money. But they find themselves in a, in a situation where they have more money leaking out than actually coming in. What are a couple of ste steps in, in your fields that these people can take, whether regardless of age, gender, race, whatever the case may be, or financial tier, what are a couple of steps people can actually take to avoid being in this position? I appreciate you asking that question. Spring, you want to fire? I got, I got one. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, if, listen, when I was in the Marines, I, was, uh, I filed bankruptcy. $20,000 I filed in bankruptcy. Listen, you know, what, what's the saying? God's not going to bring you to something you know you can't handle. Come on. And so, if, at, at that point, it's like, okay, what can I do in this situation? Mm -hmm. What can I, again, back to my point, what can I control? I need to make a different move in my life. I can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting different results. We all know that it's a definition of insanity with Albert Einstein. Right. So that is a wake-up call for you to say, whatever pattern you've been under, you got to break loose from it. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked last, last podcast, I was in a bad dating phase. Next thing you know, this girl, because I was lowering my standards, lowering my standards. Mm -hmm. Next thing I found, uh, spring, I found a picture of this girl. She had her ex-boyfriend making out there on the phone. I'm like, what are you doing with the... Your ex-boyfriend, oh, he just sent it to me. Well, he's still on your phone then. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, I cut it loose. Yeah. Right? I cut it loose. Done. Next year, she has a kid with this guy. <laughs> could have been me. Wow. And it could make my situation as a single dad of three kids much worse. I could have been a single dad of four kids. You know, so you, you have to figure out what that next movie. got to break the pattern. My, my pastor kept saying, Matt, are you a lifeguard? He says, why? Because you, you just you keep trying to save the people you're dating. You know, yeah. I got another word for it, but that's, it's a nice, that's, a nice way, that's a nice way of saying it. I think also with that is, um, you know, sometimes when we look at our situations and we see the bleeding and we see all those things happening, we just start thinking of what's a small increase. Let me find another job that I can add in here that I can get maybe a 25 cents more the short term thinking, the short term thinking yeah. exactly where I'm going with this. It's like uh, sometimes we have to take inventory of what's holding us back, what's keeping us afraid of actually realizing the potential yeah, that we have. Sure. And sometimes those situations, when it feels like there's a lot of bleeding happening, sometimes that's actually a blessing yeah. because it shows you that yeah. this is not where you need to stay. Yeah. You know, it, 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 show, it gives a pain point for you to start creating a plan to make a change. So, and, and most people, when you look at their success stories, most people that you care about, that you want their life, it, it started with a pain point yeah. and they created a, a change. So my, my, my advice would be to figure out what you want to do or, or why you're only giving yourself small increases or expecting just to make another 25 cents an hour when there's something that God put inside of you that's great that, you know, maybe you need to stop living in fear and start tapping into that because we, that's where you'll start to flow in abundance. It's like Milton. People uh, constantly say, I need to lose weight, lose weight, but instead of losing weight and eating right and dieting right, they just get liposuction. Yeah. Or a BBO. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, there's an underlying issue that needs to change. There's a pattern needs. Otherwise, you're gonna need. You constantly need liposuction. And you probably need a financial advisor or a life insurance agent. You, you need go. a life insurance agent. I'm call your Spring. girl. No. Actually, call Spring. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Spring saved a lot of people, a lot of grief and anxiety. Uh, speaking of grief and anxiety, um, in the health and fitness world, there's a lifter here that a lot of haters are saying that she looks a little too. Manly. So uh, let's take a look Put at this up. video of how this manly uh, female fitness competitor looks. <laughs> that, that's manly? So you, you, here's the thing, I, man. I guess if you drink Bud Light, that looks manly. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I might actually upset some people on, on this specific comment. You know what this body screams to me? This, this body that we just saw on this, on this screen. Number one, it screams discipline. The person has enough discipline to be able to put herself in a position on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, to be able to wake up every day, do the same routine over and over and over again, regardless of career, regardless of the amount of sleep she gets, regardless of the job she has, regardless of what business she runs. She wakes up every day, and regardless of how she feels, she's, make, she's making sure that she shows up to wherever she needs to show up to be able to mold that body that she has. Number two, self she's self-accountable. Whether she has a coach or doesn't have a coach, at the end of the day, you can hire a coach that charges you an arm and a leg on a weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis. But at the end of the day, if you are not keeping yourself accountable to be able to uh, put yourself in a situation to be able to win when it comes down to getting the body that you want, you're not going to win. Number three, she has identity. You, you can tell the identity that she has within herself, the identity that she, she presents, who, how she presents herself to, to the entire world. And uh, obviously, she's not faced by what people are saying. You know, and then, of course, we have our hard work, we have our longevity, we have energy, we have vision, we have pride. And here's the thing, man. Many, many people, including myself, at a very young age, we didn't start off looking buff or in shape, right? We, we didn't start off that way. A lot of people started Milton off... Milton was chubby. You see his pictures from I was, as a kid? I was a really That's fat kid. Crazy. He was fluff, fluffy Milton. I was a C-cup. <laughs> we, we, we started out... We were out of shape. Nice, 36, 24, 36. He knows my size. He knows my size. We, st we were out of shape. We had, we had no identity. We had low self-esteem. We didn't like the way we looked, even though we, we, we presented ourselves as we did, but we, we did not like the way we looked. But it's something, as you said, a pain point. Something triggered us to be able to get to that point. For me, it was a breakup. I got, I got cheated on XYZ, and that felt really, really crappy. So that's what made me go from, that, from the person I was to the person I am today. And here's the thing. Also, men and women, you know, why are you upset that your wife or even your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, are, they have a wandering eye? You're the one who's letting yourself go. You're the one who's not happy with your body. But then you're depending on your partner uh, on why they have a wandering eye or why it is that they might have, you know, just, it's, it's happened in the past where you, you know, if, if, you're, if you're an attractive person, you see other couples sometimes kind of staring up at your partner or at, at you. And they're not happy with their bodies. They're not happy with the way they look. They're not happy within their marriage. And the way you look, the way you feel, the way you think, the way you portray yourself, the way you act for your, out, out, you know, with your body, that's going to really impact your marriage. It's going to impact your business. It's going to impact yeah. every aspect of yourself, including the way you feel about yourself. You know, and it says a lot too. Yeah. If you let yourself go, if you're not really paying attention to the way you look, the way the way you're treating your body, it says a lot about how you feel about yourself. And I really can't trust someone who doesn't love themselves, who doesn't show that kind of self care. Um, how can I trust you in business? How can I trust you in a relationship? How can I trust you to love me if you can't even love yourself when it, mm. when it comes down to be able to feed yourself the right foods, feed yourself the right environments, and feed yourself the right type of formula that you need to be able to get yourself in shape? Get, being in shape is not a bad thing. Glorifying obesity is a bad thing. Glorifying and telling someone like, yes, good for you. Love yourself. Yes, love yourself. Enjoy, enjoy the idea of loving yourself. It doesn't mean you need to embrace the idea of being overweight. Obesity is not cute. 
Obesity is not cute when it comes down to health. Obesity is not cute when it comes down to lifespan. Obesity is not cute when it comes down to setting an example for the kids, for the people in your business. Obesity will lead you down a path that's going to hurt your business, hurt your marriage, hurt your self-esteem, and also kill you in a short period of time. That's gluttony. It's gluttony. 1,000%. The, the only, push, only pushback I have on, on your, your, your topics, bro, is wandering eye. You Me know? too. That's, that's, my, that's my only pushback. Yeah. No. Great tips, but that's <laughs> my only thing. It happens. Uh, listen, my heart, but listen, you have a wandering eye because you have a wandering spirit. Mm. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Speak, speak, yeah, my, speak. My, no. my, my, my wife forever will be dedicated. Listen, now, I'm, I'm human. I'm a man. Do I see attractive women all over? Of course I do. doesn't mean I'm like right. snapping. Right. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm snapping next. Now, single... All day long, knock yourself out. But if you're committed to a woman, mm-hmm. you're committed to a wife, you need to honor her not only with your spirit, but you need to honor her with your eyes. In, in, in our world, Spring, there's a lot of bunch of pretty people. Yeah. And we're coaching pretty people because we, money naturally attracts pretty people. But uh, yeah. uh, listen, I, of course, you know, a single guy would have that point. But uh, to, to marry a guy, listen, you can either be smart or you can be wise. You can ar- argue that you can, hey, baby, I can look at any woman that I want. Or you can be wise. <laughs> and avoid a lot of unnecessary headaches, and because what happens too is you start engendering lack of trust. Yeah. When she realizes, and, and by the way, if you dish it out, you be able to receive it too. Do you feel comfortable with your wife with a wandering eye? Come on mm-hmm. now. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't want to see it anyway. Listen, I feel like you you got you bold bold enough to have a wandering eye, then you're gonna be wondering where I am. So <laughs> you pick your wonder, okay? Wander, wander, <laughs> wandering is a wondering. <laughs> Wondering or wondering, gotcha. you pick. <laughs> but, but Milton, I don't think she looks too manly. I don't think she looks so. She looks beautiful. Yeah. I, think I, think the, I feel like some haters probably, some uh, haters around there. You know, somebody that wants their wants her body, and they're just like, I can't achieve that. So, so if you want more out of your life, guess what you do? Pray. Mm. Here's five benefits of prayer. Now, some of you guys may not have a relationship. Well, I just, I just I'm going to spit out real quick and I'll unpack it. As we uh, wrap up the show here. So number one, prayer leads you closer to your creator, your, your maker. Yeah. Number two, you gain understanding of your creator's nature. Number three, provides you answers, provides you direction. Number five, strength to avoid temptation. And but last but not least, I believe, because I pray to a God, he's in a miracle business. That's I need saying. miracles in my life, baby. And I want to make sure if I'm going to pray, Lord, open the doors only you can open, close the doors that you need to close, that I don't know to close, and send me the people. I don't know what's going to come yet. Right. That's a miracle. So um, here's an article. Uh, let's take a look at this here in Christian Post. That 87% of Americans who pray say their prayers were answered in the last year, according to the study. I mean, unbelievable to, to, to see people, you know, how, how many more Hollywood actors and people in the entertainment world are really starting to profess their faith in God? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Both of them profess, hey, man, I'm a believer. Um, but in this survey, because uh, there's a National Day of Prayer uh, poll, the poll stated 2023 America Prayer Wrap showed that 87% of respondents who pray saw at least one of their prayers answered in the past 12 months. What's your thoughts on prayer, uh, 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 Spring? What's your thoughts on prayer? Well, I've, I, I'm not surprised at the, the rate of people who saw an answer to their prayer because prayer works. Amen. Hallelujah. It changes things, right? And I, I fully, fully am a believer in that. Um, I think that, that I, I, what I was surprised at was how many people 
are praying in America because um, I'm, it, it makes me wonder what are we praying about? Mm -hmm. What are we praying for? Are we praying selfish prayers only about ourselves and our own lifestyle? Are we praying for our country? Are we praying for our leadership? Are we praying for change in America? Mm -hmm. Because um, I think God answers prayers, you know? And so that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I believe that uh, for you to have a, <clears throat> you know, a faith led life and allow God to really order your steps and lead and guide you that that's going to give you a lot more confidence in mm. whatever it is that you're going to be doing, because you know that like, like I see it, I see it like this, like, like I see, uh, I used to think faith was, um, basically like, like a, a wand, like a magic wand, <laughs> right? Like, because I prayed like and I Harry have Potter? faith, right? And boopity boopity boo, there we go, amen, right? Like, and or, or genie. Exactly, yeah, that, that, like, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's OG but, genie. Right. Yeah. right. But, um, you know, but I started to see it a little bit more like a safety net, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a type tight rope that I have to cross over, right? And favor is the fact that you have a tight rope to get from one side to the other at all. Right. Faith is the safety net that like if I fall off of this tightrope that I'm going to be caught, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to you know, I'm, God is going to catch me in it. Right. And and so um, I started to see things a little bit more like that. Like but there's still always participation yep. that has to happen for you to be able to activate there you go. your that faith yeah. and your prayer. You yeah. have to have participation. It's not, God, give it to me. Man, why won't you give it to me? Mm -hmm. Why isn't this happening? Mm -hmm. It's like, but what faith without works is dead. dead. So what are you doing to participate in what it is that you're asking God to do for you? Yeah. So I think prayer is a very intricate, important piece because it is the activation of faith and of power. Yeah. And it's the way that you're tapping into yeah. uh, the flow of blessings that God wants to store, that has, he has stored up for you that he wants to open up the floodgates to. What's, so what's I saying? love it. Pray like it's up to God, but work like it's up to you. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. In the survey, 85% of Americans connect with a high power with prayer being the most frequently cited method, 61%. Other methods include meditation, mindfulness, affirmation, rec uh, recitation, and spiritually based yoga. Milton, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts on this? You know, uh, and I told you when we first sat down, like I might take you to church a little bit right now. Are you Come okay with that? Just a little take bit. me to church. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, that's it. That's it, Spring. We we see that a lot. Of, you know, people pray for a lot of things, mm -hmm. and people pray for a purpose. People pray for goals. People pray for for vision. And I think in, in a lot of us, especially in this table or anyone in, in the industry that we're in, or just entrepreneurs in, in general, a lot of people pray for vision. Yeah. And so let me bring forth the idea of vision. You know, if we ask, where does vision come from? You know, for, first we need to understand one thing. We're not a mistake. Everything in this world has a purpose, whether you're a bug, whether you're, whether you're a human being born in Mexico or a human being born in Canada or whether you're, you're, you're a dog. Everything, every single thing that exists that's physically here and inv invisible, everything has a purpose. Amen. Right. So and with that being said, if you look at Psalms 139, 13, and 16, you know, God does speak on, you know, before you were conceived, I knew you. I Ooh, sowed come you on in now. your come on, come on. All the days and... All the days and life were written in a book before any of them began. So mm. what does that mean? That means that God started your life. God started your life before he started. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So now check this out. You and I were born to fulfill a wonderful project God had already finished. God finished your life, then gave you birth to start it. Right? Mm -hmm. God finished your life, then gave you birth to start it. That's why we as people, we can see the end. We can see the end of things. Yes. This, that's where vision comes from. Vision is a glimpse of your end. Everything that exists today is already finished. Come on now. This is why God told Isaiah, in Isaiah, I think uh, 46, 9, and 10, 
I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Come on, come on. I come make on. the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. So check this out. This is, this is important to vision because God says this. I am God and there is none like me because I am the only one that begins with the end first. Mm -hmm. I finish things first, then begin, begin them. them. I finished. I finish after I start. I start it after I finish. God never begins anything in the beginning. He always begins them at the end. Then he backs up and then he starts it. Yeah. He also says this. I also make known the end at the beginning. This is where vision comes from. And I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this. God finished Matt's life already. Yeah. God, everything about you, who you mm -hmm. are right now, who you were mm -hmm. 10 years ago, who you are five years from now, who you are ne next month, and so on and so forth. God already finished your life. Yeah. God finished everything that was going on in PHP, the next 20 years of PHP, the next 20 years in, in your business, in your business, and everything that you're trying to do, all your aspirations, all your desires. Everything is already completely done. Yeah. Your future is God's history. Right, mm -hmm. God's taking you that's, where He's already that's, been. That's sick, bro. That's, that's, that's sick, God. man. Come on, I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm gonna give you a. Uh, I'm gonna say. We need a transcript of this one. Check this out. Check this out. After that's I'm why. It's like, it. That's why success is inevitable, if you follow God's plan for your yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. He says, "I also make known at the the end, at the beginning." Okay. So watch. Check this out. This is what, that statement within itself is why children are dreamers. God gave us the gift of imagination, so we can take a tour of our future and come back to the present. Mm -hmm. God gives us the gift to be able to look into a future, look at it, yeah. study it, come back and say, I want to go there. Exactly. Right? That's where desire comes this from. This is why vision is necessary. This is where God shows you the end at the very beginning. Vision comes from comes to you in many forms, whether it's people, whether it's dream, whether it's ideas, whether it, whether it's books, whatever the case may be. Vision finds its source in purpose. Yeah. The reason why many people are not disciplined is because they haven't seen their end properly. The reason why many people are not disciplined in life or in anything that they do, in business, in their health, in, in their marriage, in for finances, is because they have not seen their end properly. The, the Bible says, without vision, people perish. What's perish? Throw off of self-control and self-discipline. If you see your destination, it controls your decision-making. If you know where you uh, where you need to go in life, it'll cause you to regroup all your decisions and everything, that, all your systems and behavior that will lead you in that direction. And final thing, how do we know it's, you know, how do we know the vision is from God? Because a lot of people say, oh, it's vision, it's vision, but how do we know? Mm -hmm. Number one, vision is not, is not ambition. Ambition is fine. We, right. are, we are, we're all striving for something, but vision is not ambition. Most people are driven by envision, ambition and not vision. A vision from God will never benefit you a vision from God will always benefit others. It'll make people, other people better. It'll help them profit. It'll make them succeed. It'll make them progress. It'll make them grow. It'll, it'll help them heal. It'll bless them. Vision from God is never, is never self-centered. It's others-centered. A vision from God will always improve humanity, will uplift people, will drive people into a better direction, and help them create better lives, which you guys are doing in your industry. A vision will ne is never self-promoting. True leaders are slaves. The great leaders will be slaves of all people. Your vision gives energy, perp and your purpose gives you fulfillment. And here are five quick things on how to be able to get clear on your vision and how to be able to fulfill your vision. Number one is be able to document the vision. Get clear on what you want and where you're going. Number two, be able to create a plan to get you to your vision. Plan is determined by your vision. Number three, associations. You, you speak about it all, all the time. The, people you, the, the, the books you read, the, the, the people you're around, and the environments that you're in. And which leads me to number four, choose your library carefully. What you read, mm -hmm. what you listen affects where you're going. And number five, time. People fail because they misuse their time all the time. Vision, 
Vision chooses how you use your time. You need to be able to surround yourself by great people, read the books they need to read, take, go, go, to, go, go to those environments, go to those conferences, and ma make sure that you put yourself in the environments that are with people that are very like-minded to what you're, where you're headed to and have a like mind when it comes down to your faith. Mm -hmm. Amen to that, bro. Thank so you. No, let's, let's, I want to interject here. Jeremiah, my, my face in my book, Jeremiah 29, yes. verse 11 to 13. You know where I'm going with this, yes. right? It says, for I know the plans I have for you, you declares the Lord. Are. Plans mm. to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and, and a good future. And on. then the next uh, verse, it says, then you will call on me, prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And pray to me and I will listen to you. Imagine that, the creator is going to listen to you, because number uh, uh, 13 is, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In other words, you got to do your part. you got to seek. You just can't sit back and, all right, God, bless me, man, yeah. if you're not seeking. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you incorporate these things, man, we, we're ending here on a powerful topic. If you want to know about the successful thing to raise your kids, watch me on my IG Live tomorrow night. I'll unpack that topic. Make sure you follow us on IG Live here uh, Thursday nights on IG, Money Smart Guy. Uh, if you want to put that uh, lower third there, uh, Jordan, of, uh, of my, money my, my Money Smart Guy page on Instagram, we'll unpack it because we have one topic we didn't have time to cover today. But Spring, what's your final thoughts here uh, as we wrap up this podcast? I think, by the way, I think we need to bring Spring back. Yeah, it was a good time. I think this is the most watched concurrent viewer show that we've had in the history of our podcast. Oh, wow. last 20 yeah. That's awesome. No, I would love to come back. I think, um, you know, one of my the biggest things that I'll, I'll say is I love what you said, you know, the whole thing about the vision. But before getting to to that vision, you have to seek out the relationship, like you mm -hmm. said, you know, because you don't trust the vision of anybody that you don't know and that you don't love and that you don't trust. Mm -hmm. And so if God is putting that in you, then you have to be able to know him, have a relationship with him to be able to receive the vision and be able to trust it, to walk in it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I appreciate that. I love that. I think the, the overarching thing today for me is, you know, understanding the importance of what God has put inside of you individually and and being able to you know cast that out into others mm -hmm. right understanding the importance of like personal finance and understanding how you're able to uh, utilize that to be a blessing to others right because I don't believe that God creates us to be mediocre to be broke to be busted and disgusted I believe that he creates power in every single one of us to be extraordinary why would he waste his time mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. and so I do believe that we are all supposed to make impact and make income so that we can make impact. So wherever you are, whatever your industry is, you know, uh, I think that that's, that's the most important thing. Milton? Spring. <laughs> piggyback piggyback uh, off of what she said. Number one, be able to build a relationship. And most of all, with the higher power. Be, be able to build a relationship with God and then spend a lot of time. Last week I spoke on, uh, on three kind of lives people live. Public, private, and secret. Use a lot of your time and spend that time with God. Your secret life is the most important life that you spend with God. Number two, be able to get clear, clarity on where it is you're going, what it is you're trying to achieve. And number three, make sure that you stay as humble as possible in this life because in literally in a snap of a finger, everything can be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. Rely on God and only God and you'll see your life flourish to something much more beautiful than you can do yourself. And some of y'all thinking, what, 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 Matt, what's with the, I thought what's all about becoming a millionaire is Millionaire Goals Podcast. Well, we're not talking about the equipment. Yeah. How, listen, making money in our country, once you figure out a formula, once you figure out a career of industry or a business, it's fairly easy and simple to start making six figures, seven figures, and beyond. The bigger thing is here is how to make it last. Yeah. How is it sustainable? Because if you build your business and career, your finances on sand, guess what? One bad season, one bad storm is going to wash it all away. But if you build it on a solid foundation, Come on. build it on rock, 
no matter if the big bad wolf comes blowing by, storms come by, guess what? Even if it knocks your house down, you can always rebuild. And you, you, you can find yourself in a position where you're not just doing it for the money. You just have a short-term mindset when it comes to your finance. You have a long-term mindset when it comes to your finance, your family, everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And that is my hope and desire and prayer for you watching this, whether you're watching it live or you're watching the replay, is that you're more prayerful about where you're going and how you're getting there because money destroys vision and goals and hopes. It destroys families. It destroys relationships because of lack of understanding of money. Mm -hmm. But money is a massive tool yes. to get you to elevate the God-given purpose and dreams and desire that is designed uniquely and specifically for you. So with that being said, appreciate you, Milton. Spring, pleasure having you on. Thank you for having me, guys. This and was so fun. For sure. By the way, what's your thoughts here with uh, Spring? Please put it in the comment section below. We'd love to hear your feedback. There's a lot of feedback. If you haven't done so, yeah, there's a lot of feedback going around in the yeah. live chat. <laughs> if, uh, if you haven't done so, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Millionaire Goals Podcast. And if you haven't done so, please drop your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your feedback. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? Please put it in the comment section below. That being said, we'll see you next Wednesday, 12 o'clock live, right here on the Millionaire Goals YouTube channel. So on behalf of Milton, on behalf of Spring, I'll be a mighty smart guy, and until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be mighty smart today. 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 God bless you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>